to the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. I'm Ben Mandel, once again joined by Thomas Leone and Mike Dykunzak as we get set to jump into all the news around the National. We're going to go right into things here and get it started. There's a big contract extension, and it may come as a bit of a surprise to some. Guys, Dylan Cousins signs a seven-year, $7.1 million per year extension with the Buffalo Sabres. Guys, what are your thoughts on the Cousins extension? Truthfully, I love it because Cousins mm-hmm. is a very underrated player in my in my opinion, and he's a cash cow for me, betting-wise. <laughs> love betting some Dylan Cousins. I just think that I think Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner and guys like that and all the power they have, and he gets overshadowed a little bit, but he's just like that depth piece you need to lock up, and it's going to be just a solid player for the full duration of his contract without a doubt in my mind. Yeah. I gotta, I'll, I'll jump in and say the same thing. I mean, what, what is he? He's only like 22 years old, right? Tom 22, 23, Ben, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He's, he's young. He's, he's young. Just, yeah. He's younger than us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but literally what, uh, what Tom is saying too, it just the, the weapons that he has around him. And this is a team that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, out looking in for the playoff spot already. I just think this extension is perfect because, you know, he, he's just a really good, he's just a good player. He's young. He's just a guy you want to have on your team for a future run that this Buffalo team definitely has potential to have. I mean, he has like what, 46 points in 49 games. Like he's meeting up the expectations already as it is. Um, I think the extension is just gonna, you know, motivate him and, and this Buffalo team to, to make a run. He definitely deserves to be there if they do yeah cousins is definitely a big piece for them now i do want to say cousins is uh 22 while we are recording this but once this episode is released he will be 23 his birthday is on february 9th so uh happy early birthday to dylan cousins (laughs) what a what a birthday gift is a seven seven what was it seven for 49 yeah i think i got it's something nuts i think i got underwear for my 23rd birthday (laughs) (laughs) this dude inked pen to paper on 7.2 million a year yeah i just signed a seven million dollar deal at the age of 23 man oh (laughs) no god this extension though does kind of mean a few things and I do want to ask you guys how this affects the member of the New Jersey Devils that needs to be re-signed. And this is the only time that Tom and or that Mike and I rather are going to bring up the Devils, at least on my end. Jesper <laughs> Bratt, what does this extension for Dylan Cousins mean for Jesper Bratt? Because you have to figure the number's going to be higher for him. And you know what's what's crazy, and I'll jump in here first, is what is scary about this is, and I've I've thought about this a little bit with how the Devils kind of – the Devils remind me like the Atlanta Braves in baseball, how they kind of attacked their young talent and gave them team-friendly deals early because they just really trust the development process. Dylan Cousins is closer to Jack Hughes' number. So how are you going to pay Jesper Bratt Jack Hughes money when he's not Jack Hughes on the Mm -hmm. same team? You can't pay him more, but if you pay him less, you know another team might give Jesper Bratt more based on this number to your point, Ben. So I don't know. It, it might might have made things a little more dicey than they already were. 
Certainly, yeah. because uh, sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with Tom. You know, he's hundred percent right. I mean, I guess what you're saying too, Ben, is I mean, like this extension of of Cousins is basically setting a market that you know the Devils have to look at when it comes to Brat. But at, at at the same time, it you know it Tom's got a point though. Like Cousins is is kind of like on the level on on. Uh, on Buffalo that, that Jack Hughes is, is for the Devils to an extent. And and obviously uh, Brad had a great firing year so far. He is a big, uh, you know, uh, contributor to the team and everything like that. But at the same time, he did slow down. And then you know, I know the market's set now, but with the, with the stride that he's been recently, uh, I, I could, the consistency, I don't, I don't know if it's worth an extension like that. I mean, I think, I think obviously the plan would be to lock him up or if they're going to go get Timo Meyer and lock up Timo Meyer. I think it's it's one or the other. It's not going to be both. I don't think they Do trade tra- for Timo Meyer if they're planning on re-signing Jesper Bratt. Do you trade Jesper Bratt then, or do yeah. you package? He'd be part of the deal. Yeah, I don't know if he would be part of the deal though, because you if you're making that move, you're still trying to win now. And he's a and UFA. He is a UFA. So San Jose may not want to bring him in there because there's a good chance Jesper Bratt doesn't want to re-sign in San Jose, especially if they're going to ship out Eric Carlson as well. Now, I would include Jesper Pratt in that trade if Eric Carlson's coming back the other way as well. You bring in Carlson and Timo Meyer, you send Bratt and a few prospects the other way. Now, all of a sudden, maybe it's interesting, but the Devils don't have a need for Eric Carlson or his contract. They don't necessarily need to give up Jesper Bratt to get Timo Meyer because it's a lot like what we talked about uh, last week with the Islanders. If you're giving up one of your premier offensive talents to get an offensive talent, how much better did you really get? Yeah, so I I think another thing too with the Cousins deal, comparing it again to because correct me if I'm wrong, either of you, I believe Jack Hughes is somewhere between the eight and the eight and a half million AAV range, correct for the next seven years. We're checking right now. If it's something like that, I mean, with how much Jack Hughes has progressed and it's- how good he is and how elite he is, they might have cannibalized their own market because either you're going to pay Brad more than Hughes and then Hughes a year or two down the lines and be like, listen, I need more money. Right. Or you're going to lose Brad because you can't really justify paying anyone more than your best player. So it's kind of like, do you fill Brat spot out with different role players at a lesser cost and keep kind of Jack and Dougie as your big, big signings, or I don't know. It's, a, it's tough. Yeah. And I do want to add that, you don't necessarily have to go and supplement too much because there is young talent in the Devils system. So True. losing Brat isn't the end of the world. At the same time, you don't want to lose a guy who's big in a big key contributor of your offense because his speed and his ability to not only play in the offensive end, but the defensive end as well. He's a perfect winger for Nico Heischer. And he has been Nico's favorite wing since they both came up and debuted the same year. Now, looking at this from the money standpoint, I don't if you look at where Jack Hughes was when he signed that contract, it is eight for eight. That's what the cap hit is uh, after like signing bonuses. I think the base salary was seven million per year, but okay. it's it's eight for eight in terms of what the cap hit is. That is such a steal. Jeez. Oh and, my god. But when Jack Hughes signed that contract, it was the start of his breakout. It, w- it was like an Atlanta Braves deal, like with Michael Harris and all that. And that led exactly. them to not pay Dansby Swanson because it's like, wait, wait a minute. We have this plan working and it's going well. We got Nico locked up early. We got Jack mm-hmm. locked up early. Why are we going to play Brett more than them when we could probably just 
develop someone to be just as good and lock him up longer. Well, and that's cheaper. exactly it. When you have yeah. guys like Alexander Holtz who aren't even cracking the lineup. Now, Holtz is a guy that's thrown around in a lot of trade talks, but he's someone who a lot of people have talked about playing with Jack Hughes. So yeah. really, it just, it, the Devils have some ways to go and things to figure out. But definitely that Jesper Bratt contract is is going to look pretty hefty, especially after seeing the Cousins extension. I agree. You know, the Jack Hughes number, I'm telling you, plays a big role in what fans will think of it and what ownership's going to make a move on. Yeah, who knows? It could be a Tom Brady situation where Jack doesn't care. He just wants the guys around him. Sure, but, could be. you know, Jack, Jack also might under, understand that he's going to get the chance to sign another big extension. This isn't his time for his big extension. That deal yeah. carries him through to his age 26 season or 27 season rather. So yeah. there's, there's time for Jack Hughes to sign another mega extension. Now, moving on here, we take a look at the playoff push in the East because that seems to be the big story entering the second half. Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? Tom, you said as your bold prediction, the Metro wasn't decided. Now, the top three teams in the Metro are Carolina, New Jersey, and the New York Rangers. Pittsburgh, Washington, and the New York Islanders are the three teams on the outside of the division. Pittsburgh and Washington currently in the playoffs, though. Tom, I know you think there's going to be some shifting in the division, but who are the eight teams that make the playoffs? We're going to assume that Boston, New Jersey, Toronto, the New York Rangers, and uh, that third team out there in the Atlantic is in. Of these five teams, Pittsburgh, Washington, Florida, the New York Islanders, and Buffalo, who are the two that make it in? Buffalo. Hmm. And I think Florida. I think Florida had a statement win the other night coming out the All-Star break against Tampa Bay, and I think they're going to start clicking. So I'm going to go Buffalo and Florida. I think two Atlantic division teams. Uh, I've watched Pittsburgh last night. I just feel like their age is going to catch up to them, um, and I think they're going to get on another losing streak. That's just going to put them out of it. The Islanders, they have four games in hand on like everybody, and they're still a couple points behind. And Washington, I don't like at all either. So I, I'm I'm just going to go Buffalo and Florida. I think they're the younger teams. I think they're the hungrier teams. And I think that they're going to push their way into the playoffs and be, and be the last two teams in. Yeah, I think Florida's a lot like Colorado. Not necessarily in terms of needing to get healthy, but definitely going to be better in the second half. We referenced Florida surprisingly just not being good last week, but I do think that was a big statement win. Now, Mike... Mm-hmm. Who do you think are going to be the two teams that make it into the those final two playoff spots? I I, I actually really like uh, you know Tom's prediction here. It's very it's very rare when we agree with each other, but you know I like uh, that's twice I, tonight. All yeah, right, we're not yeah, even know. ten minutes We're, in. I know a little over ten minutes. It's, it's great. Um, no, but I, I actually really do like Buffalo. And here's and in, in, uh, and here's an extent too. Like obviously they had the cousin extension. You know they got Tage Thompson who who's a hard contender. Um, you know and I also think to to a certain extent I think like Buffalo has the cap space to make a big trade. Um, and I think that they can get Eric Carlson. So I think that they can add to to the already elite 
single group already in Buffalo while they try to make this run. So I really do like Buffalo. Um, and I do have to to lean towards t- Tom as well. I, I really do think that that Florida, um, they are having a statement win. They just had, you know, the all-star weekend in, in you know, in their state. They just had their, their star show out. Um, so I, I think that uh I think they're gonna turn around. Obviously, it wasn't the season to begin with for them. Um, but I think that they're gonna, you know, pick it up and and it all comes uh from the power to Chuck as well. Uh, you know, he obviously had a great all-star weekend. Um, you know, he had a great game uh, the other night. So I think they're just going to keep on uh, excelling from here. And I think they'll get that last playoff spot as well. Yeah. How about the Kachuk brothers? What a weekend for them. It was awesome. And- <laughs> the week, the I'll week of what- brothers, I'll tell you, the Super Bowl. And then you had all-star weekend. It's kind of cool. I'll tell you what, it's been very exciting. And to even see that Sidney Crosby picture of him when he was young in the league with the Kachuk brothers, and then they recreate that picture this past weekend. It was awesome. I'm going to lean towards uh, Tom's way as well in saying that I don't think Pittsburgh and Washington are going to get in. I do think they're going to fall off. I think Washington is not a very good team. And I think Pittsburgh, they just don't play a style that fits their roster. I think their defensive system is way too complicated and it hangs their young defensemen like P.O. Joseph out to dry. And they're just not utilizing the talent in the way that they could. And that's Pittsburgh's biggest issue. You know, you know who the Capitals remind me of, Ben? Let's hear it. They remind me they're literally the Lakers of the, of the NHL. Like they're they're too worried about a <laughs> they're too worried about Vetchkin's records and everything like that in order instead of being an actually competent <laughs> team. And that's what they're doing over there in Los Angeles. And congratulations to LeBron James for breaking the record. But dude, you lost the game. That just everything about that dude's career. I know we're not talking about basketball. This is a hockey podcast. But uh, yeah, if you saw that yesterday, that was just blasphemy to me. But yeah, that's who the Capitals remind me. Oh, of. It's a, it's a great <laughs> point though, Mike. It's a great point because. You know, that shows the difference between basketball and hockey, and hockey is truly a team sport. You don't hear guys in the NHL talking about, I am I should be the MVP. There's not one person in the league who says, I should win the heart. Yeah. yeah in 100%. the NBA, it's you got LeBron saying, I'm the best player to ever play the game. You don't me. hear yeah. that from Gretzky. You don't hear that from Lemieux. You don't hear it from McDavid, and you sure don't hear it from Sidney Crosby. It's because they respect shows... the game. That's why. Exactly. It shows yeah. the difference between the two sports. It's true. So true. NBA is a clown show. <laughs> another thing about I think <laughs> with a... <laughs> another thing about the whole Washington and Pittsburgh point is kind of just like they have their core guys like the Crosby's, the Malkins, the Latangs, the Ovechkins, the Kuznetsovs, those guys. And I just feel like, you know, they've won their championships. They're sticking them out with those guys. They win, they win, they make the playoffs, they make the playoffs. There's no urgency. It's kind of like they're revamping their farms and trying to, you know, win through the draft again, all while giving their star players that grew their careers with the franchise and won. They're like, last show their last dance for lack of a better term just letting them go out in the sunset with the team you know that molded them the player they are yeah and you can only be good for so long like these exactly. windows have literally been the entirety of Ovechkin and Crosby's careers which is insane you, exactly like you don't go that long now you look at the New Jersey Devils. I know I said I wouldn't bring them up again. But you can bring them up they, as much as you look, want. I love here. They went on that they went on that run from 95 to 2012 where they only missed the playoffs once in a 17 year yeah. span. Yeah. <laughs> and then then you look at the last 8 years. So that's like that's <laughs> how the game works. The Devils had a generational talent in Martin Berder. 
I know Tom being a Ranger fan, you might say he's the product of a system. I do not care. <laughs> he is the greatest goal. No, no, ever. no, no. Marty Brodor, I will 100% say that. Would I say the system he was in helped him? Definitely. 1,000%. You, you, you can't say the system doesn't help. When, but I will know, say Marty Brodor was a New York Ranger. Would he have won as much? No. Would he have been just as good? Yes. So he's the greatest ever. I'll <laughs> take it. I will take <laughs> no, that's it. that's 100% the truth, Mike. I heard I heard his cough. Marty Brodor. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I just, the Rangers, I just had a he's cough. He's probably just as good. Yeah, as I just in, had a cough. As in Henrik Lundqvist probably wins th- just as much, maybe one less with the Devils. Hey, Tom, you want to hear my retaliation to that? It didn't happen. What? If no, no. Had ball, she'd be king? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. We won't. I, we, won't. Won't. we won't. Just like when Jack Hughes doesn't win anything and you tell me he's better than Kako, but Kako's uh, got two cups and Jack's got oh, none. All right. All right. right. Now you're stepping over it. All right. You're assuming that the Rangers win a cup. So that's what you're already jumping over the line. So it was relaxed. No, now. but, you know, uh, how are you going to sit there and say, I understand Kako is the second pick in the draft. But they the cheers. fact that he's the second pick of the draft, <laughs> like that shows. Like if you're gonna say, all right, Jack Hughes no. Panarin or Jack Hughes Zabanajet, okay, we'll argue that. But don't say Kako. Well, listen, I had to because I'm in the same draft <laughs> class. But and just, just, just not to get too off topic. If you look at the first 11 years of Brodors and Lundqvist's careers, they're almost identical, minus the three cups, because. Lundqvist didn't have the team Brodor had, but we don't have to go that route. We don't. No, we and, don't. and you're not wrong. At the same time, I think as a fan of the game, what made Brodeur as good as he was is he always came up with the big saves in the big spots. Yeah. Like Lundqvist you'll realize kind of like that sometimes. And Brodeur gave up some soft goals sometimes. It wasn't often, but he did, but they were never to tie or lose a game. Yeah. Like it's true. It's like they would be always, up like four one. He'd give up a softy. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, he always did exactly what the team needed to win and that's why birder is the best now i do have to quickly throw in my who's in who's out because i said pittsburgh and washington are out i didn't really touch on florida the islanders or buffalo i do think it's going to be the islanders in florida i think buffalo's one Hmm. year away buffalo reminds me a lot of new jersey last year now if they were to go get an eric carlson because they are a defenseman away that might make a big difference but i do think eric carlson's defensive ability is nowhere near what it used to be and it's overlooked because he's on a very bad sharks team so people kind of just don't care about the defense but yeah i think buffalo's a year away they're a lot like new jersey last year give me the islanders and this is a good segue into uh the bo horvat trade and kind of just talk about letting this sit for a little over a week you know the islanders have won the two games they played with bo horvat now horvat scores a goal in the last game as well. Granted, the game was already 3 nothing and turned into 4 nothing at that point against the Kraken. What like do you guys still have the same thoughts? Is anything changed for you now that this is settled for a little bit and the Islanders have extended Bo Horvat? I mean, all I gotta say is really that that, you know, obviously the Islanders are, you know, it's just off the all-star break. You know, you can't you can't push the gas too hard, you know, obviously with this team and everything like that. And and say they're completely changed because they have Horvat now. But you know, the offense looks like they have Come alive a little bit. You know, if it's me, Ben, and you probably know this best, especially Tom, too, because he hates them. When it comes to the Islanders, they play a very 
boring sta- uh, style of hockey. That's and that's how they won games in the past. They're 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 they're, uh, they're slow paced. They're defensively and and uh, and it's always low scoring games for the most point. Uh, and then obviously you know just the other night you know they they put on a clinic when it comes to goals and obviously Horvat got one. Um, you know it is kind of nice to see and uh, and uh, do I think it's gonna make the world difference? I have to say I'm not too sure yet. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it obviously is going to help and it looked like it helped the other night. That's all I have to say. I definitely have a different sentiment as in the whole rental aspect of what the point I was making last week, but I still don't think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. And I think they just signed a good player to a long extension and he'll be lost on a team kind of just like he was in Vancouver. I don't think he's, I don't think Bo Horvat's the missing piece for the Islanders to keep their championship window open. That's long gone and past. They still have old guys like Paul Marion, Nelson and Lee and their decor is, I know banged up right now, but they clearly shown with the decor being banged up. They don't have the depth that they necessarily need. I don't know exactly what their farm looks like completely. Ben, you might be able to, to touch on that a little more, but it yeah, is I don't, I, bad. <laughs> exactly. So Bolvardat isn't saving anything. They're only tr- so we talked about uh, this trade makes sense if, if the Islanders make another move. Well, I was yes. trying to figure out what other move they can make. They don't have anything to give up. Samuel <laughs> Bolduke yeah. is the only person, the only guy teams are going to be interested in in that system. He is now up with the team. He's going to be untouchable. There is no way the Islanders ship out Samuel Bolduke, and he is the only piece they can use to try and pry another weapon for this team. So it looks like they're done making moves. Now, yeah. I will say the biggest thing in this trade is – the locker room. I was very concerned because you just traded your star player's best friend in Anthony Beauvillier. I cannot be more thrilled if I'm an Islanders fan with the way the locker room looked those first two games because they looked re-energized. And I'll tell you what, Matthew Barzell loves playing with Bo Horvat. The two of them are flying around. And the one thing Barzell hasn't had since Jordan Eberle left is someone who can put the puck in the back of the net. The two of them are playing together and Barzell is flying. They both connected for a beautiful goal Tuesday night. And I think the leadership is showing as well. You have Bo Horvat. He's not stepping on toes. He knows that's Andrew Lee's team, but he's out there and leading still. And you can see that. And it definitely has had a good positive impact on the franchise right now. Yeah, I now. agree. I think I think him like coming in and he's probably, you know, he's just got this burst of energy energy probably because Vancouver obviously was mailing it in. I still believe they can win this year. So he's probably just giving this this influx of just energy and positive positivity and is just going to give that extra gear every night, which might, you know, wake up those old guys from like, Oh wow. You know what? We might actually still have a shot at this thing. Let's, let's, let's get after it. So I think it's a good point. Yeah. He has definitely been strong uh, throughout his career and he's been able to score goals. And that's really what the Islanders were missing. I, I said it to you before where I'm sure Mike noticed it during the Vancouver game uh, against New Jersey on Monday night, Bovillia had like six grade a scoring chances and didn't score on a single one of them. Yeah. And not to mention the fact you you say he's happy to get out of Vancouver. Now I want you guys to put yourself in the position of a player who is a star player on a team that had high expectations, but 
is now it's it's bad. You know you're not making the playoffs this year. You fire your coach the way you do, a coach that everybody in there happens to really like and support, including the players and the fan base. You're the captain of the team. They fire the coach the way they do, and they bring in Rick Tockett, who's a lot different than Bruce Boudreaux. So how would you guys feel if you're Bo Horvat and you just got shipped out to Long Island? Now you're living not only the East Coast life, the New York City life, but you're living a different type of hockey life. An interesting thought. I I, I guess I can go back to my point where like he's just like, maybe it just just changes what he needed you know i don't know i feel like maybe with a different style like he knows the style the islanders play and he's coming in as just like the new guy and giving an element to the team that they haven't had in years i mean they could just be simple as that yeah exactly exactly now we're going to use this to segue in because there are three matchups that we want to highlight this week and the first one is obvious (laughs) <laughs> Anthony Beauvillier's return to Long Island at UBS Arena. It'll be tonight. Again, we're recording this Wednesday, but this will release Thursday. So tonight's game, Canucks at the New York Islanders. Guys, what are you looking for? What are the storylines in this game? Is it Bo Horvat against his former team? Beauvillier back on the island after playing just two games with his new team. What What's the tribute going to look like? What's the reception going to look like for Beauvillier? And how do you think Bo Horvat comes out and plays? I actually think that the big storyline is if Zach Parisi is going to, you know, take the rocks out of his skates and start look like a player. And I'm joking. Um, of course, he's I, bashing a, a former devil. Parisi, Parisi had a whale of a game last night. I know, I know, I know what I you're know. talking I was, about. I was just messing around. I had it. I knew the devil comment <laughs> was going to come out. That's why I had to do it. Um, I think I think the fans are going to give a stand and O for Bolivia. I think they understood that in order for the Islanders to to get a player, to your point that you made earlier, that they literally had nobody. He was their youngest asset that was NHL ready with some upside and. Sometimes you got to give to get, and I, I think it'll be an interesting story. I think Bovillier is going to want to put every puck he shoots in the back of the net. I think that'll mm-hmm. be fun. I think Bovillier is going to look quick. I think he's going to have an extra step, you know, pep in his step. And I don't know. It kind of kind of does suck that they're coming on a back to back because they play the you know the Rangers on Wednesday night. But uh, yeah, which so we will be fine in for first. Um, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm all about storylines, Ben. You know, as Tom, I, I love the storylines. I think it's all scripted. I'm just joking. It's not fully scripted, obviously, but um, to an extent, though, I just think, uh, yeah, Bovillier, he wants to go to his former house, and he and he's, he's going to want to show off. Like if, uh, I know this isn't a sports betting pod, but, you know, I definitely might take Bovillier to score anytime and anytime, and he might even get first because I feel like that's just a storyline that he, that will happen. He's going to want to be like, oh, you made a mistake getting rid of me, um, but I think at the end of the, end of the game, I think Horvat shows out, and then he's going to prove out, you know, this is why they got me and he got rid of you, so um, I definitely could see the Islanders pulling this game out uh you know the, like tom said it's a back-to-back uh for vancouver um it's just the schedule is just hard right now they just played the devils they played the rangers um you know tonight and then obviously tomorrow they they got to go to a former house or for pavilion and i think that uh they'll pull through yeah really really should be an interesting game i know i'll be locked in on that one as well as the devil's game can't miss out on my new jersey devils now Going over to the other New York I mean, team, 15 though. 15 years, they're good, so you got to lock into every game you get. 
and uh, <clears throat> after locking in for after locking in for all the brutal games it, it makes these ones <laughs> you that deserve much more it special. you deserve it yes you guys deserve it yeah all that ahl hockey <laughs> <laughs> all so, utica comets yeah right <clears throat> So we we slide over to the next matchup. The other New York team in the New York Rangers, they head to Carolina. This is really an exciting matchup, in my opinion, because you're seeing two of the best teams in the Metro. You could argue they might be the two best teams in the Metro. I know that Mike and I would not argue that case, but, you know, it, it is an argument that could be had. Now, what are you looking for in this game in Carolina, Tom? Uh, I'm just hoping they don't get their doors blown off. Um, no. I think, <laughs> Come on. no, I, I, I just think that I just want to see the Rangers compete. And listen, anytime you go on the road against a team like that, I mean, get a point, right? Compete, keep it close. Maybe play a different style. Maybe don't be as aggressive. Kind of play that tight style that you might need in the playoffs. I think every game with Carolina kind of plays out that way, especially with you know their playoff series last year with all the, you know every you know the home team winning every game until Game Seven. I just want to see them not commit stupid penalties right my most frustrating thing with the rangers is and it, you, i mean every fan can say this but specifically with the rangers for some reason like when they play those good teams when they play boston when they play pittsburgh when they play carolina it's either they take no penalties and they win the game or they're like get a point out of it or they look like the better team or they take like six or seven penalties and they give up two or three power play goals and they lose like four two and you're like it was because they could never get in a rhythm because they just started taking all these stupid penalties out of nowhere. Um, so I just want to see them compete. I, I preferably I want them to get at least a point. Um, do I think they'll win the game? No. Uh, I just think that Carolina is just going to turn it on again. And I mean, they are in their window and I feel like they kind of remind me of Washington for Washington all those years. Like when we were like middle school and high school, like late two thousands, early 2010s, where it's like, they were just always so dynamite, but can never put it together in the playoffs. And then they magically just started putting it together in the playoffs. And I think that's what Carolina, is kind of heading towards they're just going to start putting the division away almost every year and then the playoffs are going to come around they're going to learn how to win on the road in the playoffs and it's going to be over for the nhl so yeah yeah those those washington teams it it feels like they it was always someone like you, you know how in basketball you always say like oh michael jordan's bulls like they had to get through detroit well they finally got through detroit like washington it was they had to get through the rangers and then they had to get through boston and then they had and to get through Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Yep. and they finally got through Pittsburgh. It <laughs> just, and that's the thing with hockey is there's just more dominant teams. It's there's definitely more parody in the NHL. Yes. Which I love. It, yeah. It makes it so much fun. Mike Rangers hurricanes. What do you think happens in this game? Uh, Tom just thinks I'm absolutely going to pick the Hurricanes to blow them out like 5-1 or something like that. So that's <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I actually think you're a smart I, fan and you're going to choose the right team that you need <laughs> to win here. So, Yeah, so uh, you know, obviously as a Devils fan, me and you, Barry, obviously we need the Rangers to win this game. You know, six points out of Carolina. So obviously we need all the points we can get to catch up to them. Um, you know, the, the Rangers is, you know, the right pick when it comes to, you know, what we should want. But I, do I think it is the right pick? I know, unfortunately, I don't know. I just think that that Carolina is, you know, just they're at their peak right now. They're, they're they, I know it was before the All Star break, and you know they're coming back into it, but they were just blowing the the doors off teams. You know, it likes a Boston. They were just they're just on a stride right now. I know, obviously, it is after the break, so maybe they have slowed down a little bit. You know, the Rangers, uh, they just had a great win the other night. Um, you know, they have, they have a big game tonight, so uh, we'll, we'll see how they, they perform there. But um, I, I just, I just, I just. 
don't want to bet against Carolina right now because <laughs> of how hot they've been. Um, but you know, Tom forgot to mention we're going to be in Carolina for this game. We actually might go see it. That. Yeah, we actually yeah. might go see it. So maybe the the likeliness and the presence of Tom, maybe his Rangers will have his back. I, we'll trust me, I wish I had that type of power because then the Rangers would have been Eastern Conference champions last year. But I'll also <laughs> say this: the Rangers have had a knack for ending long winning streaks this year. Carolina is on a seven game winning streak. I think they play once before they play. Hopefully they win that game. And then that my that might make my confidence a little better. I love playing teams on like crazy long winning streaks because it's just like they're due and the Rangers are a good enough team to be like, all right, settle down, guys, settle down. I think the Rangers, the big thing that they bring in is experience and poise, right? Like yes. when you have guys like Truba on the back end and you have guys like Panarin and Zibanejad up front, in Kreider even, like those guys can help calm – things down in the big games i mean how many big games has chris Kreider played in so many like his experience is invaluable and i know people say oh experience is overrated not in hockey those guys can calm things down you know how important it is for adam fox to have a guy like jacob jacob truba on the back end with him so he knows hey you know what i can go and do my thing offensively jacob truba is going to go lay someone out he has yeah. just been, especially, he's been headhunting lately and really just taking the body. Truba alone slows teams down. Yeah. And I think that definitely paves the way for the Rangers to win this game. And you know what? When you have Igor in net, you and can win. Possible. You can win. Like, Igor is in net, you can win. And that is how the Rangers feel. I think that's why they play better in front of Igor. And they can just play a little bit more loose and free. And like you said, when Carolina's on a winning streak and you're on the road, you're playing with house money. Just go in there and get a win. Yeah, so true. Much easier said than done, though. <laughs> much, much, much easier. And, hey, it's a big game in, in the fact about, like, the Devils. You know, the Rangers are six points behind the Devils. The, you know, mm-hmm. a big win like that, that's a game that everybody's expecting the Rangers to lose. Like, you look ahead and you're like, okay, they're probably not going to get two points against Carolina. Maybe one if we're lucky. But if you can steal two, then you get even closer to the Devils. So then, you well, know, and that's where what happens. You, you say to Mike, oh, the smart choice is to pick the Rangers <laughs> if you're a Devils fan. Yeah, you're trying to catch Carolina. I am not worried about the points right now. I yeah. am If I am New Jersey, if I am New York, right now you are in the playoffs. Don't worry about other teams. Just worry about stacking your points. Stack your yeah. points and take care of your own business, and the chips will fall where they fall. When you start worrying about chasing other teams, especially when you're already in a playoff spot, it, it shows that, you know, things can go awry very quickly, not to mention the fact that being the best team does not always mean you win the whole thing if you're the best team in the regular season. Look because at how yeah. many teams are burning themselves out? I mean, you look at I'm crossing sports again. Look at baseball and what the Mets and Braves did to try and win the NL East. They burned themselves out and both lost to the third place. I mean, both lost to wildcard teams. Philadelphia, who was the last team in, gets to the World Series. So really, while in hockey, it doesn't happen often. That 2012 year where the Devils went to the Cup, that was the eight seeded Los Angeles Kings with a really good goaltender in Jonathan Quick who won the cup. So, yeah. you know, for the Rangers' sake, just get in. The Devils don't have a goalie like that. They do. Vitek's been strong. But, you know, when they have offensive talent the way they do and they could score goals the way they can, just get in and let them play and let things happen. Yep. All right, so now shifting things over, last game we want to look at here for this slate of games this week for hockey 
And it's a little bit out there, but it's the Seattle Kraken heading to the Winnipeg Jets. And the reason why I think this could be a very exciting matchup is these are two of the top teams in the West and a potential playoff preview if these two teams were to go on a bit of a run. Uh, I, I was I was happy, Ben, when you texted us about it because uh, sometimes, like living where we are, we forget about the Western Conference as a whole, <laughs> which which is easy, especially when you're in such a big market with the teams we have. But ah, those teams can score, which I love. Like watching like Mark Shifley, Jeremy McCann, and I feel like it's just like a good group of just good hockey players there's no like guy i look at it's like wow it's a superstar it's just like shifley and connor and wheeler and then you got berniers and then you got mccann and burkowski like uh not burkowski uh bjorkstrand like guys just like tanev too and i love tanev yeah yeah just solid players it's just fun hockey to watch and both of those teams on the ice together it's just like it's good hockey it's great hockey to watch i'll definitely be watching on espn plus for sure yeah the seattle kraken the jump they've made this year is actually as surprising as any because I'm pretty sure they owned more draft picks than they did like players in their roster. Which is nuts. Coming into this year. Like <laughs> that is insane. But they they went and stocked up on capital. They did a great job of building this team and quickly turning them into a contender. And the Vegas Golden Knights kind of misled everyone into believing this was just going to be a quick and easy transition for Seattle. But with the new expansion rules, the teams learned from their mistakes with Vegas and they did a much better job in terms of what they let Seattle take. But Seattle did a good job of adjusting and building a contender, not necessarily for the West because I don't think they're good enough to win a cup yet, but they are certainly a playoff team and they are certainly a team that can make some noise with their speed and offensive talent and their goaltending's probably the shakiest thing, but Martin Jones has been good enough to win hockey games. Martin Jones. What a career that guy's had. Like what a career he's had, but at the same time, like what a mediocre career for a guy that (laughs) I thought had so much talent. I know it's true. Look, you look at him backing up Jonathan Quick in LA, and I, I thought, ah, oh, you know, this guy's going to be a star. And then he goes to San Jose, and he's playing in a Stanley Cup for the Sharks. And then yep. he, he just fell off. He couldn't win games for the Sharks. Goes and he's backing up Carter Hart when Carter Hart's probably having his worst stretch of his career in Philadelphia. And then Philly cuts ties with him. He goes to Seattle, and now all of a sudden he's a starting goalie again. <laughs> the NHL comes at you fast, especially for goaltenders. Yeah, it really does. Mike, what are your thoughts here on Seattle and Winnipeg? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's fair to say that, you know, both these teams are, you know, kind of surprises this year, you know, talent-wise, everything like that. Like Tom emphasized it enough, watching these two teams on the ice and um, and the players that they have, you know, it's definitely exciting to see. Uh, definitely a betting favorite game for uh, gamblers like myself and Tom. Um, but, uh, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to, to, to lean toward a team here and a winner. I just think it's going to be excitement. I would definitely look at the over, um, you know, if I was to place a bet, um, you know, just so much excitement, so much talent on both of these teams that, uh, you know, it makes it, will make it a very exciting game to watch. Big time on the over. I'm pretty sure Seattle, like, I feel like every time I look outside of last night when they're playing the defensive system, New York Islanders, it feels like they score five goals a game themselves and they're letting in three or four. So it definitely hit the over. Now we're going to transition here and get set to kind of close things out, but we're going to do something fun here to finish off the show. 
We're going to talk about some trades because the trade deadline, while we still have some time, it is coming up. So, guys, let's go through one trade we want to see for the league and then one we want to see for our teams. Mike, we'll start with you as one of the Devils fans. What trade do you want to see for the New Jersey Devils? I know. I think the obvious answer here is going to be uh, is is, is going to be Timo. But at the same time, you know, I, I I look into it and think about how much you have to give up to get him. And I, you know, do I think it's going to be best for this team? Obviously, you know, this guy is a generational talent. You know, but uh, at the same time, I I'm not too sure. Um, but if there was a surprise trade that I would go with, because obviously Timo is the favorite, whatever. If there's a guy that I would go for, um, you know, it's another guy that's in Vancouver. Um, I would go for uh, Brock Bowser. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Bowser? Is that how you say it? Bowser? Besser? Yeah, I'm yeah. so bad at names. But I, I would really like his – I know this guy's talent, um, you know, and, and this goes back to, you know, to the draft and everything like that. You know, in, in Vancouver, they're they're trying, they're, they're trying to explode it up. They're trying to blow it up. Um, so I think this just to be another good winger for the Devils to, you know, utilize with Heischer or with Hughes. Um, you know, he's got two more years left, left on his deal um, – you know, after the season, everything like that, and there's a, a kind of a high salary cap. Uh, but this, you know, this situation and this trade would allow, uh, you know, just like we talked about before, to fit Jesper Bratt, um, you know, into like the salary structure. So, like, I think that it's like a safer option. You get to keep Bratt, um, and you add another excelling w- uh, winger to a team, um, that already has enough talent on it. Yeah, that would be an interesting move to see the Devils make, but what's it going to cost to? get Brock Besser as well, because I feel like that price would probably be just as much as Timo Meyer because of that extra year. Yeah, I'm looking into like his, you know, the what the the salary cap hit would be, you know, uh, after this season left on his deal, and it looks like it'll be about six point six million. So like, it's 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 a good amount, but um, you know, at the same time, you know, you have to give up a, a big uh, a cap hit and also give away a lot of players to get Timo. So I, 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 I didn't... it's it's it is more of a longer term solution. That's fair. If you're going to lose Brat because then you don't have to worry about re-signing him. That's Again, fair. I think that that is another type of move that they make if they're not planning on bringing in Jesper Brad. You know what move um, I would love to see the Devils make, which might be out of nowhere, but I just feel like if they're really serious about their team this year and the exact pieces and you don't want to give up too much for Meyer or too much for Brock Besser, go get like a Ryan O'Reilly, right? Go get a veteran center that's played in a bunch of playoff games and now, go get him. I think it's really funny you say that because I was actually going to go to you, but instead I'm going to go and say my surprise trade or not surprise trade, but the trade I really want to see it's not Ryan O'Reilly, but it is with the St. Louis blues. And I think the price of this guy is going to be even lower than Tarasenko and O'Reilly. He is also a pending UFA. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? I know who it is. (laughs) Did you hear it? Uh, No, 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 no. Once you said Ivan, I was going to, I knew it was, I knew it was Barbashev. It's Barbashev. I love it. Yeah. Ivan Barbashev can play all three wingers, wing spots. So you don't have to worry about where you slot him in. And I'm pretty sure you can get him for just Alexander Holtz. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) You'd want to do that. Like, and I think. Even that is still kind of overpaying for the Devils. But at this point, Alexander Holtz is not a guy that seems to be fitting in in the future. And whether or not, you know, it's it feels like this is where his trade value is at its highest. And, you know, you can go get a guy like Ivan Barbashev, plug him in. I feel like it's similar to the Pat Maroon deal in 2018, but more offensive talent and not giving up a draft pick. 
I know, you know, you'd, you'd rather give up a draft pick than uh, one of those guys like Alexander Holtz. But, you know, if you can dangle Holtz and get a guy like Barbashev or even like maybe Tarasenko or O'Reilly, I think you'd have to give up a bit more than Holtz for those two. I think you, you know, you could see a very strong team in Jersey here. I, I, I agree. I, I would like, I would like, I would like that trade. That'd be a good one. I, I think, I think the devils are going big game hunting though and, and going Timo Meyer. I think they're going to throw they everything well. at Timo Meyer. And if that falls through or another team just goes crazy and offers more, they'll pivot. Will it be too late? Who knows? You know, Rutherford's going to have his job cut out for him because I think San Jose is going to wait that out as long as possible to get the best deal. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to yeah. be Meyer and then a pivot to Barbashev or Tarasenko or, you know, I don't, I can't see Patrick Kane, but you know, guys like that, you know, I think that San Jose is actually going to be more inclined to move Eric Carlson than Timo Meyer this year. And it's mm-hmm. because Car- this is as high as Carlson's value is going to be. He's getting older and they're going to want to move that contract if they can. Yeah, I agree. If they're going to get it, a team to bite, you might as well do it. Exactly. Even if you have to attach a pick to it, just get them off. Eleven point five million or twelve or something around. Absurd amount of money for a team that's rebuilding and clearly rebuilding, and clearly they're by the time they're back into their win window, Carlson's going to be done, and he's just going to be a a cap void. It's you're going to have to define them out, which is which will still be a nightmare for even longer. But exactly, but if they so if they can get Carlson out of there, I think they're going to have to. Now, Tom, what's the trade you want to see for the Rangers? The trade I want to see is because I I firmly believe that they're not going to get Timo Meyer, although I think he actually is their number one 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 target. I would really, if they could find a way to fit him into the cap long term, I would love Jacob Trickern. Would love Jacob Trickern. That's the trade. That's my dream trade. Get him develop. Try to develop the the talent you have on the wings and stuff. Give them Zach Jones, give them Robertson, give them Kraftsoff, give them your first round pick. Get Chikrin just because you need defense to win championships. That would be my big one. It's Chikrin. And he was they were linked to him last year, and I wanted it to happen. He could play left, he could play right. He's a chess piece that they need so they can get Ben Harper out of the lineup. It's Chikrin. And I will say this though, I think that's a little you know unrealistic in the fact of his cap hit and how long he is. If I had to pivot off of that, if you're asking me, yo, Tom, that's unrealistic. Give me another one. I would go Tarasenko because I think in a Tarasenko deal, they'll also package and get Luke Shen. I think the Rangers are going to trade with St. Louis at some point in the deadline. It's either going to be Tarasenko Shen together, or they're going to get Timo Meyer, or they're going to get another winger, and then they're going to call for Luke Shen because he's so cheap. They need another defenseman, and I just think St. Louis, the Buchnevich trade and play, I just think they have a good relationship, and I think it's going to happen. Now, in terms of the Rangers and defensemen, what about another deal with Minnesota and a pending UFA and Matthew Dumba? Uh, too much money, I think. I, I think if the Rangers are going to go six, def- It's six per. How but much do they have in – how much cap space do they have? They're going to have, I think, $7.2 million at the deadline. So I don't know if the – I'm looking at – I just pulled it up right now, you know, looking at um, Luke Shen's numbers. I have TSN's trade deadline chart, which is funny because mm-hmm. they have the Rangers' first-round draft pick as the eighth-best target of the trade deadline. They're saying – I don't know – they're saying the cap hit. I don't know if it's for the full year. I'm assuming they would prorate it. Dumba's at $6 million. 
yeah, I don't know if that's what they would be acquiring at the deadline or if they'd be requiring the prorated or whatever it'd be. I think they would be acquiring the prorated. His his salary is six million for the year. Okay. But- so maybe oh, so you know what? I like that a little more. I mean I guess probably what, like 3.2 maybe? I don't know. I'm not sure. You might even get Minnesota to eat some of that money depending on what you send over there. Fair. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, mind Matt Dumba. I think the Rangers are going to add three or four pieces like they did last year. It's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to add depth, and they're going to add one big name like a like a cop last year. They'll probably add a Tarasenko or somebody. I, I would love for them to trade back for Tyler Mott. I love Tyler Mott. I wanted to send, sign, sign him so bad, but I think they had a feeling they'd be able to trade for him again. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be funny, too, to see Tarasenko go over to the Garden when – Last offseason, going uh, into the 21-22 season, it was everybody on Long Island screaming for Tarasenko to come and for the Islanders to go get Tarasenko. And everyone said, oh, no, the price is too high. The cap hits too high. Sailor's going to ask for too much for a guy who can't stay healthy. Well, Tarasenko proved all that wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's been really good. But yeah, so I would find that funny. Now let's segue into our last trades that we're going to talk about. One we want to see for the league. And I'm going to preface this because I have two sort of. And the one is I want to see Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane stay put. I want to see them stay put. I think that Chicago is a team that could potentially get the number one pick. Although I have heard that I've heard some some meddling that perhaps Gary Bettman in the league do not want Chicago to get the number one pick. But I heard, I heard that, you know, who knows? I, you can't assume that there's tampering with stuff like that. Chicago could get the top pick. You plug in a Connor Bedard with those guys. And all of a sudden you have a championship caliber team again. But (laughs) in terms of Taze and Kane, how awesome is it to see guys complete their career with one team? And Mike, how upsetting is it when you see all of these stats for most wins with one team for your entire career as a goalie? And Martin Berder is not on that list because he went and played like seven games in St. Louis. <laughs> like, how annoying is that? It, it feels it, like it, it feels just feels like, like the it, career is was like it wasn't obviously a waste, but it just feels like like what was the point? You know, it's like it, it just leaves a sour taste like J- in your mouth. Like Jason Witten when he went to the Vegas Raiders, like what the hell was that about? Exactly. When something when things like that happen, it it just feels wrong. And the, I I would just like to see Kane and Taze finish out their career after all the years they put in in Chicago and finish their career as Blackhawks. Now, they may not want to finish their career in Chicago, and that's up to them. But if I'm Chicago, I I think, you know what, you owe it to these guys. It's not like you're – I don't think the return for them is going to be as good as people think because they are aging stars, Taze especially. Kane, he still has a little bit left in the tank. But before I go into my next – my trade that I really want to see for the league, guys, what's the one you want to see? Mike, we'll start with you. Yeah, you know, actually, it's funny because I'm like I know what you're saying, and I totally understand what you're saying uh, when it comes to you know you know Kane and 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 where he you know he should stay there because you know how much time he's put into Chicago. Uh, I think Patrick Kane's the one that I want to see on the move, and I understand what you're saying about uh, you know being 
being a homer, staying where you are your whole career, playing their whole career. But at the same time, you know, there's places and teams that are interested in Kane that are on a championship level. You know what I'm saying? So if he did leave Chicago, it's not like he would leave for nothing. I think there's, uh, you know, at the at the Christmas, around the Christmas time, there was like five really good teams that were looking at him. I mean, that, that was in the, the likes of the Bruins and the likes of the Rangers. Sadly, I have to say the Rangers, but the likes of the Rangers, the likes of, you know, even the Islanders, but I don't think the Islanders are even going to be in that conversation now, now with the whole that situation but um you know and e- even carolina was in that conversation all these teams have championship material so i feel like if kane was on the move um i kind of want to see him on the move i feel like this this year is his worst statistical year uh, ever in his career i think it's time to revamp it i think it's time to bring him to a team uh, a better team and i think that he could go on a run whatever team he goes with so i kind of want to see kane on the move and if there's a team that i would predict uh him to go to as sad as i have to say it but i think it's i think it's going to be the rangers i think the, the the Rangers have his I had his eye on him for the last year or so um you know I think and I think he would fit into the system and bring the even more veteran to this kid line and 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 everything like that 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 they would need so I think that Kane should go on the move um that's a trade I want to see am I sure of what team no but if I had to pick I think it would be the Rangers so they what you're united. saying is basically you want to see Patrick Kane traded to the Rangers to play with Panarin which is one of the best lines in hockey did I say I when- wanted to see it I no, mean, I'm saying that it's likely, but I don't want it time, because I think he's hurt and he's old. And I think he's just going to get maybe, hurt here. Maybe I want, maybe I want Patrick Kane to go to the Rangers so they could waste them and they will lose anyway. And I think that's what <laughs> I would love to see. <laughs> yeah. I would actually rather see Taze reunite with Panarin. I think that could be really cool. I don't want it. I don't want any I mean, of those guys. I know the younger look, guys that are UFAs that. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Tom, what's the trade you want to see for the league? Uh, yeah, as much as I want Jacob Trickin to be a Ranger, I really would love to see Jacob Trickin go to Buffalo. I think that's a great landing spot for him. I think it's away from Arizona. Uh, the Coyotes can get some pieces, younger pieces, or some draft picks for him. He can, you know, Buffalo can control him. They can give him a contract. They can play out the rest of what he's got left. I think he's got two years left, like four and a half million. And I think that could be their piece to catapult them into the playoffs but also a long-term piece they can build around with like Owen Power and stuff and Tage Thompson and Cousins and Skinner on the last couple of years of his deal. I just think solidifying that back end as they figure out their goalie situation could be really helpful for them. So I would love to see Tricker in, in a Sabres uniform. Yeah, I think, again, Buffalo is at this point a defenseman away. And again, yeah. I keep drawing back to that New Jersey team from last year. It, it, there are a lot of similarities. They, yeah. I mean, the goaltending in Buffalo is a bit better. I do like Ukapeka Lukanen, but, you know. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> Can you say that one more I, time for the pod? Ukapeka Lukanen. You know, no. I heard that name for the first time. We got to, uh, we got to, you know what we have to do, Ben? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off one more time. <laughs> what you got to do you is do. send a text message to Mikey D and have him try to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> we should, we should do, yeah, we'll do a segment. <laughs> We're going to do a segment where we have Mikey D try to read off some names. Like oh. you remember, you remember Nicholas Jalmerson? Like yep. if we tried to give Mikey D that name. Nicholas Jalmerson. I get it. I'm embarrassing to the people. I'm bad. No, 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 It's hilarious. Most people can't Mike, pronounce you, these names. Well, that's it's it's hockey. You gotta realize, Mike. These names are out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. But now I do want to say the trade I actually want to see happen outside of you know Taze and Kane staying put in that. I do want to see Timo Meyer traded. I want to see him in Nashville. 
I I brought it up last uh, wow. last week that Nashville they they might be a couple pieces away from being a contender with the guys that they have currently, and I think Timo Meyer brings what they are missing in terms of what they had when they went on that run to the Stanley Cup and lost to the Penguins. I think Timo Meyer would be an infusion of young, incredible talent and goal scoring. And again, you have UC Zaros, who's a very, very good goaltender, and they have a strong defensive core on the back end as well. Timo Meyer could be the missing piece for Nashville if they're willing to give up the pieces to get them. That'd be interesting. And like, I know we said from last, uh, last week's podcast, uh, you know, like Tom and I, we said basically Nashville would be like our second favorite team. I think that would be really exciting to see you right. They have so much young talent over in Nashville. Um, you know, having Timo with, with guys like Forsberg and, and Duchesne and oh my God, it'd be, awesome. be, so, it'd be so cool to see. It'd be a spectacular, you know, a line of goals, man, every single game. <laughs> so yeah, true. It, yeah, you think about what Forsberg did when he had Arvidsson and Johansson on his uh, on his wings with him. You put Timo Meyer with Forsberg, and those guys are going to click. I mean, Forsberg up I some think room is, for Gromlin too to get back to how he used to be. Yeah, and and it it would let their defense activate more as well. I mean, the, when they went on that cup run, half of their goals I think were scored by defensemen. Mm. They have a ton of just talent on the back end and speed on the back end. They're not the fastest team, but they might be the fastest defensive core. And it really helps them on the offensive end. And I, again, I think Timo Meyer might just be the missing piece for the Nashville Predators. That's an awesome trade. I, I would love to yeah. see that too. That'd be really cool to see. Honestly, it would be. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff going on in the NHL. Now we're going to wrap things up. We're going to have another show and we're going to dive into everything that is going on in the National Hockey League next week. So make sure you tune in. We appreciate you guys tuning into the show this week. And we hope you have a good week and enjoy watching some hockey. I'm a busy man, I'm making money on my rhymes.